We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The KC Sports Network live postgame show is about to begin. KC Sports Network is the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. Millions of views, millions of podcast downloads, and the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. KCSN is where you want to be for news, commentary, and analysis with a collective perspective on the Kansas City Chiefs that can't be found anywhere else. With more than 15 hosts, analysts, and former players you've watched play putting out nearly 20 shows per week, KCSN is a network for today's fan. Now, it's time for the KCSN Live Postgame Show. Here's BJ Kissel. There was never a doubt the Kansas City Chiefs one. have won Super Bowl 57, 38, 35 over the Philadelphia Eagles. Thanks for hanging out. This is the KCSN Live postgame show coming to you from all of our houses as we've enjoyed this one with family and friends. Joined right now by Craig Stout and Maddie Lane. I'm BJ Kissel. We appreciate everybody for hanging out. Boys, they got it done in historic fashion. There is so much to break down in this game from Patrick Mahomes on the bum wheel to the field conditions to what's a catch to Patrick Mahomes to Kadarius Tony. There's so much to get into this game. I can't I wait you to talk about Patrick it with Mahomes you guys. again. And Patrick, Patrick Mahomes doing times. it again. Isaiah Pacheco running so damn hard. He wasn't going to let the field affect him at all. There, This is going to be a scatterbrain kind of show, but man. Boys, I am so happy to see your faces. But, Craig, let's start with you, man. World champs. World champs. World champs. Um, I, I've been a fan of this team for a very, very, very long time. I never thought that we'd see a Super Bowl, I'd hoped, let alone two. This cements Patrick Mahomes as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, as if he wasn't already. This elevates Andy Reid into legendary coaching status and I'm saying it I'm leading with it I know his defense didn't play great Steve Spagnolo, Hall of Fame coach right there 
three rings as a defensive coordinator. One of him and Romeo Cornell. That's it. That's that's absolutely insane. A great performance, Maddie. I'm so happy to see that you also dressed up for Trophy Day, my friend. I, I'm I'm so glad that I'm you here. did. How you feeling, buddy? Oh man, I'm great. Last time I tried this was the Tampa Bay Super Bowl, and that went poorly. I came back. I did it again about halfway through. I was sweating it. I thought maybe I was ruining this little tradition, but then but then I remembered. The second half started. And I remembered. You know what I remembered? That the Chiefs have Patrick Lavon Mahomes at quarterback, and nothing else with those superstitions. No nonsense, not having the football for an entire half. None of, one ankle, literally having one ankle, none of it is going to matter. We are going to bring on Ken Swanson right now, the last third of the laboratory. Let's bring Ken on right now because, again, there's going to be, we're going to have so much time. Just let it out. Let's go. Yo, I'm a, I'm a, forgive, forgive the fireworks. Forgive a whole neighborhood in Southern Johnson County freaking out right now. I am I'm so excited to be here with you guys. I just rolled in. I'm sorry, the whole the whole hood was was lit right now. Oh my god, we did it! I'm I'm a little speechless right now, but I just looked it up because I was curious. We spent all week talking about the pass rush and almost the most sacks by any team in NFL history. The Philadelphia Eagles did not have a sack in this game. Do they have one? No, the Chiefs had one. There was one total sack between the two teams, between the first and second teams in the NFL in sacks. One total sack, and it was Colin Saunders pushing Jalen Hurts out of bound for a one-yard like loss. Barely. Give barely. Andrew Wiley the MVP. That, that's my oh thing. Give Andrew God. Wiley the, the MVP. for. I know the Chiefs threw a lot at Hassan Reddick in the entire Eagles pass rush all game, but I, I was watching. There was plenty of times where Wiley was one-on-one with Reddick, and, I mean, he was doing everything that you could have possibly wanted. Like, I, you know, you wanted to give an offensive tackle the MVP here in this game, I would have no problems because he was phenomenal in this game. Yeah, and like I mean, they did, they did such a phenomenal job. Like I think you kind of said they mixed some things up to try to help him, but like still, he just when they, when he had to go make a play, when he had to be out there and he had to protect, he did his job. And like it was a masterclass from from the Chiefs, from the Chiefs' offensive coaching staff. Honestly, like there was just no rhythm in that first half, but they beat the Philadelphia Eagles, the vaunted Philadelphia Eagles offense, like a drum. Like, they had zero answers. Once that thing got started, like a drum. Patrick LeVon Mahomes on one ankle didn't matter. You had no answer. Your best <laughs> was not good enough. That pass rush you went all in on was not good enough, and it's because you can do anything you want, but you can't replicate Patrick LeVon Mahomes. You can build 52 players, but if you don't have him, you're not good enough. And he did it again. Down Tane on a bum ankle. Unbelievable performance from the offense. Every facet of the game. You talk about the pass protection. It would have been nice to know what happened in this game if Hassan Reddick had played. Good point, Matthew. <laughs> no. I, both... Go ahead. I, Andy Reid was in his bag. Like, we're seeing it on these highlights. Oh, it's half. so kind of play oh. right now. Oh, my God. The uh, Andy Reid was absolutely a master class there. And I, I love that Greg Olson pointed it out that that jet motion from Sky Moore that Avante Maddox was having to go fast on because they were sending the house and he couldn't allow the free release into the flat. They played on that tendency. They did it with Kadarius Tony right before then. Absolutely incredible performance by Andy Reid. Even the Kadarius Tony play where the Eagles jumped offside and it was out in the flat. They went back to it, ran the exact same play immediately after that flag. 
and had Juju release up the field. Andy was awesome in the second half. He really was. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, you're going to get all the credit. He should. I, You know, all of that stuff. Andy was incredible as a play caller in the second half. Or whoever it is, Matt Nagy, if it's Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy getting a lot of love from Andy in the postgame there, walking through the huddle and all of that. A ton of love for him. Whoever it was, was just on point there in the second half. That had Andy's that had Andy's fingerprints all over that. That had cheeseburger fingerprints all over Gracie Cheeseburger. So we talk about it all the time. You use the scripted plays to figure out how the Eagles are going to treat stuff. You go back and watch that. I've been really excited to go back and watch the Chiefs first drive. We know we got the short motion from Kelsey before he went out into a route and how the Eagles took that on. But I want to go back and watch when they did jet motion with other guys, how the Eagles handled it. Because it was very clear once they got in the second half, the Chiefs were attacking them using just that, using that motion because of how the Eagles were adjusting to it. And they, they got two free touchdowns out of it. Like Craig said, it wasn't the quick motion, but they did the Tony flare out the sideline. They hit the pump and go to Juju up the sideline off of it. That entire second half was Andy saying, okay, I know we didn't have the ball. I want to get into all of my right now. And I didn't get a chance to call it. I'm going to do it now. I'm going to call absolutely every single thing that I wanted to call in this game. And he did it the entire second half. It was outstanding. We said it going in over and over again. The biggest gap that I thought in this game was the coaching staff versus each other. I was very surprised at how the Eagles were able to do it, what they did to adjust to the QB run game. But I think the Chiefs had even better adjustments in the second half. And everyone wants to focus on Andy's decision to try to kick a field goal if they missed. Guess what doesn't matter? Guess what makes up for one missed field goal decision? That play calling in the second half, which completely destroyed the Philadelphia Eagles. That's worth more than the four possible points the Chiefs would have missed out on. Well, it's amazing. The Chiefs didn't get out of their first 15 plays until two minutes left in the third in the second quarter. They had run 15 plays up to that point. That's just it was unbelievable. Like just kind of a perfect storm of weirdness, right? With the defensive touchdown. And I mean the Eagles are always going to try to generate these long sustained drives that's what they're going to try to do you know like they that's I think that was very clear like you know they're going to be able to convert these fourth downs and the thing is the Chiefs were helping themselves because they were continually getting to these third downs they just weren't yeah. stopping them I mean the Eagles converted at one point were nine of 15 on third downs but they just kept that 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 offense just kept you know it kept moving it kept going they got into a rhythm in the second half the run game was outstanding and the run game had to be outstanding because Mahomes got hurt I mean, Mahomes rolls his ankle up, and this team is unstoppable basically immediately afterwards. Like that's what's just so funny to think about too is how good that offense was. It's like I I, I made the joke, Mahomes reaggravated his his ankle, but he also reaggravated Levon in the process, and Levon just came out and absolutely torched them in the second half. Some of those outstanding over my dead body plays, the over my dead body run late in the second half. I mean, they just put together an outstanding offensive plan in the second half. And it was, like, Isaiah Pacheco, I haven't looked at how many yards he had, but he was just, he was on one for the entirety of that that second half. He was running like a man possessed. I just, I, I'm so blown away by what we just witnessed. I, I'm flabbergasted. I'm probably going to be long-winded tonight. I'm sorry. But I just, this is just, this is unbelievable. And I, just the fact that they were able to do it in this year is just, it's incredible. Yeah, and I mean, Isaiah Pacheco, 15 for 76 and a tutty. That's 5.1 yards per carry. It was great, a great job, and they needed all of it. They needed this Nick Bolton, Nick Bolton, who had a hell of a game, an absolute 
scorcher of a game on defense despite all of the scoring that's happening there. But they needed all of it because Jalen Hurts was on fire in this game. And I know that we're we're a Chiefs podcast. We're going to get back to all the Chiefs praise and all that. We're going to be doing that for a long time. I want to shout out how well Jalen Hurts played with that bum shoulder, with everything that was going on. He was phenomenal in this game. I cannot overstate how good he was taking Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid on their A game to the wire like that. They needed every last point of that because of how good Jalen Hurts played to the point where two of the biggest moments of the game were Nick Bolton coming up big on a third down scram or a third down run there where he forces a fumble, picks it up, runs it in for a touchdown, and then the stop right at the end of the game, forcing a punt that Kadarius Tony returns down to the five. Those are two of the biggest tide-terming moments of the game because the Chiefs defense made a couple plays, and there weren't very many plays made on defense in the Super Bowl because these quarterbacks were just so, so good today. Uh, breaking news here. Breaking news here. I got, oh, you got it? Yeah, I was going to say, I was while you guys were talking about that, I was looking up the numbers because these are MVP-type numbers, and it just so happens that it worked out perfectly. In the second half, these could be a little wrong. My math isn't great. In the second half, Patrick Williams had two scrambles for 40 yards, went 13 of 14 for 93 yards and two touchdowns. Absolutely on fuego when he absolutely needed to be, along with that 26-yard scramble that set up everything that we just talked about, but was just named the Super Bowl MVP, which... Mm-hmm. Uh, makes him, I believe, the first player to get Super Bowl MVP, regular MVP, and win the Super Bowl. Good. Uh, and he's 27 years old. Ken Swanson, most impressive thing you saw from Patrick Mahomes tonight? Uh, it has nothing to do with any throw. It's just the toughness. I mean, I don't think people... He, the, we talk about the normalization of greatness all the time. But what we don't realize is what's underneath that helmet and what is required to be that great. And Mahomes has exemplified toughness for the rest of the National Football League. There's plenty, there's nobody in the National Football League tougher than Patrick LeVon Mahomes. And he carried this football team and he responded in a way, regardless of the ankle injury, he put together an all time performance for this entirety of the playoffs. He was outstanding. Uh, He made plays with his legs when he needed to. And I think his mentality has seeped over into the rest of this football team, into the rest of this organization. I think you watch Patrick Mahomes and what's what's required of him to to play. There's no way that the rest of this team is not going to, you know, up their game, you know, between Monday and Saturday. The toughness that that guy showed today, re-aggravating the injury and going out and doing what he did in the second half, I the, the toughness is is what what makes him special and what's going to make him the best player in the history of the National Football League when it's all said and done. I'm blown away. And I, I hope people understand what is how hard what he just did is because he made it look so easy so many times. And I just that that cannot be it cannot be understated how how impressive that toughness is. And I'm 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 just so impressed. I can't I'm just flabbergasted right now. I honestly I'm gonna I'm gonna filibuster all night. Uh, I mean, for me, I think the toughness is certainly part of it, but I think it's just the execution. We talked about it. It's been a big storyline the past couple years going into the offseason was how this is a vertical passing attack. Mahomes is late getting the ball out to the flats. He's not taking what's being given to him, but he's always hunting for big plays. And 
that was probably true early in his career. Just like it didn't matter, right? They won a Super Bowl doing that. They lit the league on fire doing that. Like you're picking holes in a player's game that doesn't really need it to be done, but people still were. Well, he's kind of taken all that personally. And now he's come out. He might be the best quarterback in the NFL when he's getting the ball out in two and a half seconds or less. He might just simply be the best at it. You pissed him off enough by saying he wasn't good at it that now he's just better than anybody else at it. So it doesn't matter if he goes the entire first half out of sync, out of rhythm. The offense can't even get the ball to get anything going. They come out into the second half, and guess what? You still no damn chance to stop him. And this was the guy that has one foot, one ankle. I mean, we saw him on the run. He was moving just fine, but get, I mean, that, that was all grit. He was just grimacing his, his ass off the entire way down the field. He could not, like, he was straight face. He pulled that off. He's throwing everything on time. He's making all the right reads. He's doing it. Nothing wrong. He is playing exceptionally, mis- not even mistake-free football, but perfect football. It just didn't lead to gaudy stats. I think people are going to try to use that against him as you know the offseason goes on. Just go back and watch this game. He was executing at a master class level. Yep. He was already kind of anointed with the performance against the Eagles and the Jaguars, playing on a bum leg, playing essentially one-legged there. The fact that he re-aggravated it again just before the half, came out and led scoring drive, scoring drive, scoring drive, scoring drive. I mean, just absolutely insane performance. Throw the stats out. Just throw them out. An absolutely incredible performance. Well, well-deserved MVP for Patrick Mahomes. All right, boys, we have got a special group that we are going to bring on the show right now. We are going to go to Big Charlie's, the legendary Chiefs bar in South Philly. We got Chiefs Kingdom celebrating in enemy territory right now. What's going on in Philly? I stepped outside the bar real quick just so, you know, we can get on the same page like you guys. (laughs) So here we go. Um, The bar is quote-unquote closed, but I'm going to bring you guys in. The back door where we are celebrating heaven. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about. Listen, I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys can hear. Listen, if you guys yes. just listen real, real close, you could hear all Eagles fans' tears. <laughs> I don't know. Look, see these cars, see all this water. This is all Eagles fans' tears right now, which I'm here for. But listen, I'm gonna bring. Look, here you go. See them. See them. Look. But here's what we're gonna do. We're going to the bar. There's music loud, right? <laughs> Here we go. There's food up, my man. Woo! Let's go. Right. Here we go. This is the back of the floor. Let's go. Look at that blade. Now we're going up front. Now we're going up front. See this right here? This is the man. This is Paul. You got this it. This is his bar. Paul. Paul. Hey. Hey. What's going on? We just won a Super Bowl. You're going to need another one. <laughs> Spags better never pay for another. Hey, Spags better never pay for a beer in there again. 
bags, but better never pay for a beer. But the best part of it is, the best part is the silence from Eagle Stands. That's the best part. Spags better never pay for a beer there ever again. Never, never. Listen, Spags, Spags comes in a lot. Spags comes in, talks to us. Listen, his wife Marie is an ace. I know they, they moved the ball well, but look, he called the game. Guys got to execute. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, we appreciate it. We're going to get back to breaking this thing down. We're going to be celebrating for a while. Oh, and we're going to come out there one of these days. We're just, yes, whole crew. We're just starting to celebrate. Look, Eagles fans coming to congratulate us. Listen. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Fellas, love you guys. I'm in. Cheers. Um, we appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate you. Have a good night. Have a good time. That is coming live from Big Charlie's out in South Philly. Legendary Chiefs Bar. Check it out if you haven't. They've done a lot of cool stories. Uh, and you'll see a lot of a lot of pictures and videos of the Chiefs players and staffs hanging out there in the offseason, including Steve Spagnolo, who's a regular there. So he better never pay for a beer, Craig, the way that he dialed up. Let's start. Let's talk a little bit about the defense. Talked about Mahomes winning MVP. Let's go to the defensive side of the football, Craig. What stood out to you most about the performance? Tough game. Just, <laughs> just a real tough game. No, it was. Um, it, they they struggled to get off the field on third day, and that was realistically the killer. Like, they they had enough plays where they came up and made some negative plays, forced a couple of throwaways. Obviously, Nick Bolton is kind of the star there, but Legarius Sneed also had a good game that big deep pass to Devonta Smith there, but the defense was okay. Um, it, it was really tough to defend. They they were getting in Jalen Hurts' face. The pressure was there. The hits were there. I was even saying in the first half, it's like, just hit him. Just make him think twice about it. Blitz him a little bit more. Force him to speed up his process. And he was, and he was still dealing. So it's really hard as a defense. I mean, we know all the time when we are watching Patrick Mahomes play off or you know play against other defenses. It's really hard to play defense when you got somebody that that dialed in. The few plays that were made by Chris Jones, Nick Bolton, by you know Legarius Need, Carlos Dunlap, and Colin Saunders, those are the ones that are going to stick out. Those are the ones that are going to matter because it was so infrequent. Spags. By and large, I feel like did a pretty good job of heating Hurts up. It just didn't matter. It really didn't matter because he was so good when he was playing against the Blitz for the first time this year, really. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Yeah, the defensive, so I thought the first half, I thought the defensive play calling was good, fine to good. It was somewhere in the middle of that. Like, we're talking like a six and a half, seven-ish. They had guys constantly in position to make plays, but they weren't. And some of that was guys, you know, maybe being losing their footing a little bit, taking a bad angle while chasing Jalen Hurts in the pocket. But the issue was Jalen Hurts was just playing like, in the first half, he was playing like the best player in the world. He was playing on a Patrick Mahomes, if not better level in the first half, compared to what we were seeing from Mahomes. That I, I think Craig nailed it earlier by saying he wants to give credit to Jalen Hurts. He was playing phenomenal football throughout this game. And so I think the Chiefs were constantly in the right spots. They were making the right calls. He was just playing better than them. He was out-executing them. And that's hard. That's hard to gauge a defensive coordinator when he gets the pressure, when he calls the right coverage to have somebody tight there against the receiver, but the ball's delivered perfectly. The quarterback makes somebody miss in the open field. Like, what can you do against that? You can't do anything for them. So I thought he called a pretty good game. I thought the blitz was a little lacking, actually. I think they should have brought more pressure. It didn't look exotic enough to me up front. It looked relatively simple. They really saved the blitzes for third down, third and long, and to which I think was a good plan. But even then, even in third and long passing situations, Jalen Hurts was delivering fantastic passes. Just I thought they would get a little bit crazier. I thought they would do a little bit more there. And I guess we have to give a little bit of a head nod. Maybe the lack of blitzing led to the Chiefs stopping the run game. The non-Jalen Hurts rush game for the Eagles was non-existent. It right. wasn't good. They stopped the running backs from running the football, which if you told me they did that, they're going to not give up 30 points, right? And then they ended up still okay. happening. It's just they kind of did what they set out to do. I just thought that they could have done a little bit more of their pressure packages. At the end of the day, it worked. The Chiefs got big stops and they needed it. And I think he constantly put guys in position to make plays. They just didn't always do it. Yeah, no no Eagles running back averaged more than three yards per carry today. And so, like, they did a great job stopping the run, all things considered, outside of Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts made some plays. But the thing is, is, like, I think the optics are, to your point, even on an execution level to some degree, like, the optics seem a lot worse to me than the actual play calling in this game because the Chiefs will just take off so many times this game. I mean, they got to third down a lot. They got to thir- 18 third. The Eagles got to 18 third downs. And, uh, but, yeah, I know. I mean, I, at, but they were 10 of 18, I, I think, on the game, too. So, like, there was just some out- 11 of 18. Yeah, it was actually worse. Um, <laughs> But, you know, like, they were just a takeoff. You know, Trent McDuffie struggled to locate the football. A.J. Brown struggles to locate the football. So, like, even the plays that maybe Jalen Hurts wasn't at his best, other guys were stepping up and making phenomenal plays too. It's so like it was an outstanding effort from the Philadelphia Eagles. It just wasn't good enough. 
So uh, that, you know, that sucks to suck, but that's okay. Enjoy. Enjoy the offseason. I want to just bring up while we're talking about the offense. This four guys scored touchdowns tonight. Two of them were rookies. The other one was Kadarius Tony and Travis Kelsey. Well, can, we, can, like, can we talk about Kadarius Tony for a minute and the fact that there were people that didn't think this was going to be a great move? <laughs> that he gave up a comp third round pick, a basically a fourth rounder and a sixth. And the guy has the longest return in Super Bowl history. It already is worth it. Like, that's the funny thing. And he was hurt. But he was healthy enough to make enough plays. He's like, you know what? That's worth a third-round comp pick. It was was worth it before the playoffs. He had shown enough before the playoffs. (laughs) Even if if he's a guy that doesn't play, you know, uh, 17 games during the regular season, like, this was a great move. The thing that keeps killing me is like Kadarius Tony played one snap in the first half. Like I don't know what the situation was with his health. So we're gonna probably find out a lot more about that later. But I just love the fact that Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony each had one catch today. Both of them were wide open touchdowns <laughs> in the red zone. Where they, like I don't like I don't know how like complicated like the Kadarius Tony play that's was a great play. deep in his Santa sack right there and uh, oh, Kadarius yeah. Kadarius was great. I think BJ just put on his ring for those audio listeners right now. <laughs> you should put the flex flex a little bit. There's 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 gonna be a couple of those in Kansas City now. Hey, yeah, no, that, it's great. Sky Moore's very first TD of his career comes and the very biggest moment of yeah. the game i mean like, just an absolute i mean he, he was clutch he was clutch in the playoffs a crazy great punt return a good touchdown a great you know basically pivot stopper out back out there in the flat it was great but yeah that aaron sanders right here isaiah pacheco oh how about isaiah pacheco that's a seventh round rookie and when we were in vegas last year and we talked to him at the shrine i know you a lot of you that listen to us regularly hear this a lot the passion for football i knew that it wasn't going to be too big for him like it it never was everything came to him in a way that he he exudes confidence calm patience just doing your job and doing it to the best of your ability i love that he came out there got the wind knocked out of him from a big hit from C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Two plays later, he's out there converting a massive third down, running through folks to gain extra yards. He was huge. This rookie class, Leo Chanel, comes up with a big play on a third, on a nowhere. second short. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. He literally Good. put him in there to play Mike in Vegas yeah. action so that Bolton could be playing the backside of the will. They literally just shoved him out there as the mic and said, go do this. Yes, I mean I, it was it was awesome. We, Leo Chanel was great. Brian Cook was great. You know, it, previous game was obviously a lot more flashy, but was great. George Karloftis was pretty good today as well, but been great all season long. This was a top-notch draft class in a rebuilding year. This was a soft rebuild, and the Chiefs have another ring. <laughs> what if this but, is still the rebuild? They're just not quite where they're going to be. Well, we're gonna get there. Well, yeah. Well, well, that's a I, future combo. Can I jump like, in? Can I jump in it really quick? Because this tied sure. quickly. Patrick Mahomes, just <laughs> on the podium. I'm not done going to say dynasty yet, but we're not done. I just like they're 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 not afraid. They're not afraid of the conversation. 
Let's let's talk, let's just do a quick rundown just for context purposes here. Twenty seven years old, two time Super Bowl champion, two time Super Bowl MVP, two time, two time NFL Most Valuable Player, NFL Offensive Player of the Year, two time First Team All Pro, and a Second Team All Pro, five time Pro Bowler, two time NFL Passing Touchdowns two Leader, time. NFL Passing Yards Leader, and all yardage for a quarterback most in NFL history in a year that was supposed to be a down year. And then he got doubted by everyone. I'm he just getting it, warmed up, guys. In about 15 minutes, I'm going to lose it. The haters are Straight so away. fucking mad right they now. They traded away from oh. the wide receiver in the NFL and then won a Super Bowl. And uh, they traded away the best wide receiver in the NFL and won a Super Bowl. And their second-leading wide receiver had two catches for 18 yards and was kicked out of Tampa Bay because Tom Brady didn't like him. <laughs> I don't want to make this about him. I don't want to make this about the, the player you're talking about, but did you Andy Reid talk about him this week? He said, yeah, I love Tyreek. Said, I said, yeah, I love Tyreek. He got a lot of money and a lot of yards. He's really happy. It's like, oh, it was, to, to, to Tyreek's credit, like, he okay. was very positive about the Chiefs all week on yeah, media during the game. Yeah. Like, it, it seems like the, everybody's kind of, you know, fine with the way things went down. But, yeah, and it's it's insane. I, you know, we did the whole Mahomes thing, and, you know, we're going to do the lab with Ken tomorrow, so there'll be more Mahomes talk there. Let's talk some <laughs> other guys. I want to go I really want to go back to Isaiah Pacheco. If yeah. you go and listen to our interview with him from last year when we were down at the Shrine Bowl in Las Vegas, we got to sit down and talk to him. And just, just, there's this intensity. Even when he's talking, even as a guy that has, like, no media training, is coming out of Rutgers, you know, he's at the Shrine Bowl, like, he's just getting his feet started in this. There's an intensity to everything he says. Take that. If you listen to that, you can feel it. Turn that dial up to like a 99, and that's how he runs the football. And that might be simply the most dangerous thing the Chiefs have. I said it two years ago. If you gave the Chiefs two running backs like the Packers had at that time, and Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, guys that literally just run downhill with reckless abandon for their body, it's going to be a problem for the NFL because you're not all of a sudden going to ever force a second and 10. It's always going to be second and seven. You're not going to get a one-yard gain. It's always going to be three, four yards until they bust one. That's what you got every single game here in the playoffs with Pacheco. He said he was coming to take a grown man's job. He took multiple. He took multiple. And, like, there's been a switch that has clicked in his mind. He's always He told us he loved to sit there and pass protection, but there's been a switch. He's so active back there. No, he's not Jarek McKinnon good, but he is looking constantly to hit guys. I just know that uh, they put those clips of Jarek McKinnon laying guys out on the on the TV screen there in the film room because McKinnon is looking for those. He is hunting guys down to put them in the dirt. So just absolutely positively, like, I can't say enough about Isaiah Pacheco. Without him in this game, even if you could get similar production from a player that doesn't do it how he did it with that aggressive downhill running style, I don't think this game goes the same. The, the level, the type of runner he is, is perfect for this team because he can have six carries or he can have 16, but you're going to feel every single one of them every single game. I mean, it's, it is insane. You, you, <laughs> I can't believe that, that we're coming off of this. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. Once again, you've got a good running back performance. Like I, I've got Damian Williams over my left shoulder up here. I'm going to need an Isaiah Pacheco one over my right shoulder here by the time we're done. I, Jet McKinnon was really good today, too. It, it was good to see all of that because they needed it. Patrick Mahomes being gimpy, leaning on the run game a little bit there in the second half was absolutely 
necessary. And when they came out of the half and they were able to have Mahomes kind of ease into the game a little bit, you could tell he's still so tender on that ankle in the second half and he's gritting through it, but it takes a little bit. It takes a little bit to get that mobility back, to start feeling relaxed again and be able to kind of dial things back in. Being able to just turn to your offense and say, you know what, Isaiah, I know you're a seventh round rookie, but we're going to give you the rock over and over again, and we're going to eat up chunk plays, and we're going to lean on the run game a little bit. Guess what? We're going to finally bust out all of that gap shit that we've been sitting on for two years now. We're going to lean into it, and we're going to let this excellent offensive line play to their strengths. And they did. They really did all game long. I know we've touched on it. That's on Reddick was not much for this. I'm transitioning here to these tackles and the interior offensive line. No good. And Andrew Wiley was elite today, was absolutely phenomenal today. And the guy opposite him, Orlando Brown Jr., was phenomenal as well. They yeah. needed to be. Both of those guys were exceptional. And we expect the best out of this interior offensive line. They definitely provided it. But the question marks were at offensive tackle. And time and time again, you witness Patrick Mahomes. Yes, he did have to scramble out of the pocket a little bit. He did face a little bit of pressure. But he didn't face as much pressure as Jalen Hurts did against those quote-unquote better offensive tackles. These two guys, if you would have told me that the better two offensive tackles were the Chiefs, I would have said that they would have won in a runaway because it meant that pass rush with the Eagles lean on so much was going to be non-existent, and it was just a phenomenal performance by the offensive line. Yeah, I I blown away. I mean, like I think on on rewatch, like it's really hard to put the analyst hat on during that game. Uh, and I hope that I'm really glad you guys are profiling that offensive line because they had their best game of the season, and I think they knew that they had to have their best game of the season. And I think that they wanted to, you know, show. They wanted to to show everybody what they were about. And, I mean, Orlando Brown, I think, really helped himself largely today. Uh, Andrew Wiley, probably going to help himself in the offseason, I would imagine, somewhere. Uh, oh my you, goodness. Yeah, I think, I think he's going to get paid now. Good for him. Go off, King. Um, and and then the, and you saw what they did in the run game. They, It was a master. It really was. Like, it was a master class offensively. It really was. And, like, even the first half, like, was not pretty. But there were signs where it didn't look like it was – it didn't look like where they were just going to get put in a blender for, for, for you know, most of the game. Like, the, like it happened against, you know, the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers when they finally came back and finally got things clip, clicking. There was a lot of indicators that just kind of made it seem like they were going to be able to figure some things out. I mean, they only ran 15 plays in the first 28 minutes of the game. There was just no rhythm. But here's the funny thing. We think the Eagles had just this incredible performance, and they absolutely did. Don't get me wrong. Chiefs averaged 6.4 yards per play. The Eagles averaged 5.8. The Chiefs were just better. Their offense was better. All we say about this offense and what the scoreboard did, they were, the Chiefs were just better. The Chiefs, had, the Chiefs had more answers. The Chiefs executed at an unbelievable level for 30 straight minutes of football. And the Eagles had zero answers. That vaunted defense, everybody kept running their mouth about. The reason every other analyst on NFL Network decided to pick them had no, they had no clue what to do. They had zero answer. That guy's getting a head, Jonathan Gannon's getting a head coaching job in like Listen, 24 hours. They've been talking about it. Angio in. 
He just got a point. Got to let Boss Man in. Sorry. No, I was going to pick. I didn't mean to. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a lot Eric of. Eric should be a head coach. If if we talk about this phone and messages, anything like mine. Everybody's celebrating everywhere. So it's it's yeah. a beautiful thing. Sorry, Maddie, go ahead. I just said we talked about it all week, though. Like the Eagles' defense is all about the players that they have and those guys playing great. And there were stretches where they did do just that. There were stretches where their good players were making plays. But at the end of the day, they could not adjust to do to stop the Kansas City Chiefs. We we said the Chiefs are going to out scheme the Philadelphia Eagles defense. We thought it would happen on the other side of the ball as well, too. And it did to some degree, but not as much. It was obvious that the Eagles had no schematic answer for what the Chiefs did. When Hassan Reddick was getting pancaked left and right by Andrew Wiley, when Josh Sweat or Brandon Graham were getting thrown 12 yards deep of the pocket off the left side by Orlando Brown Jr., they had nothing. I don't even know if they played defensive tackles. I didn't see them when they went five down. I didn't see them when they were rushing the passer. They they did nothing from that defensive line all game long. And all of a sudden, this, this defense that dominated all year is the best defense in the league looked bad. They just simply looked bad. They left guys wide open for multiple different touchdowns. They couldn't cover Travis Kelsey to start. When they all of a sudden figured out how to cover him, guess what? Everybody else is now open, or they can't stop. You signed the Damakong Sue and Linval Joseph in the same week, and you still can't stop the run from the Kansas City Chiefs, who rarely run the football. Like, this defensive scheme wasn't working at all whatsoever, and it was obvious. I think it was pretty clear that that was going to be the case, just nobody wanted to look into it as the year went on. It's like, you know, I have no animosity towards the Eagles. I actually, they gave a lot better fight. They were very close to winning this game than I thought they were going to. But, man, the coaching difference between Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Matt Nagy, and whoever else you want to throw up there versus Josh Gannon and anybody on that defensive side, it was just such – it was different levels. It was a different sport entirely in the second half. And, Batty, that's the point that I wanted to bring up and kind of and change gears here is talk about the coaching because so much was made throughout the week. And I know I started talking about it of – the championship pedigree of these guys have been there. I know there's veteran players that have been on Super Bowls with Philly, but throughout the course of the year, the Chiefs and those players had been through some games that were going to prepare them for this moment. And sometimes it's really hard to quantify or specify exactly what it looks like when it happens. But we saw it in the second half where I was getting annoyed in the first half where they were making talking about coaching decisions and that Sirianni was out coaching just because of fourth down decisions. Like, wait till Andy Reid gets enough information and figures out what he wants to do and goes into his bag. He did the same thing. And on the defensive side, it got to a point where Jalen Hurts was making plays. I know the key third down that I remember with Getter, the two of his catches, that those were just phenomenal plays from Jalen Hurts, but they were making them earn it. And then even on the, the one three and out that they had in the biggest moment of the game, Leo Chanel makes them earn it on the first down where I don't know what else you can ask of him in that pass pro. But on both sides of the ball and the players, you had situations where they needed to overcome momentum, whatever we were all feeling as fans. You saw the championship pedigree like play itself out in the second half in crunch time. And you talk so much about Sirianni and the fourth down decisions and nothing against him. But it's like put a little bit more respect on Andy Reid's name if you're going to talk about he's out coaching him because of some fourth down decisions when your team is obviously yeah. set up to be very successful in those situations. I, I hate I hate that narrative, and I hate that people are going to be talking about, oh, Andy doesn't go for fourth downs, Andy doesn't do this, Sirianni's a better in-game coach. We heard that all week. Ridiculous. Just go watch the second half. Just go watch the second half there. Because, yeah, like, like BJ's alluding to, it was tough sledding for the Eagles. They made it work 
because their Jimmys and Joes were just a little bit better. They really were, and they were on the day. That's fine. That happens. It does. On the offensive side of the ball for the Chiefs against the Eagles defense, their Jimmys and Joes were in no man's land. Their heads were spinning. They had no idea what was happening. They couldn't stop the run. Isaiah Pacheco's running through dudes. He's not making guys miss in the backfield. He's getting free runs for three yards and then running through two more dudes for another four. They're got, they've got guys like Juju Smith-Schuster on that pump and go that are wide open. Travis Kelsey still wide open. Sky Moore and Kadarius Toney in the red zone. You just lose track of two of the guys that we've been talking about for the better part of a year about how they need horizontal stretch and guys that can get to the pylon. Those are the guys you don't lose track of in an Andy Reid offense, and Andy found a way to make them lose track of them. He was so good. It was, I know I said it to open the show, a master class by Andy. The good news uh, about Andy Reid uh, is that that was not the last game that you've seen him coach as a Kansas City Chief. Uh, he just said, I think I'm going to hang around. Per Andy Shockley, I am I'm shocked. So surprised that Andy Reid going to come for Bill Belichick's ring count now. Uh, I, 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 this is just the beginning, man. Like this is this is the rebuilding year. This is the reset year. This is the year that you know you're supposed to like. You better figure. You better do it now. You better do it now. This this rookie class just played. You got how many rookies played today? How many rookies made big plays today? A the lot. rookie class just came in All of them. and just played at an exceptional level. Jalen Watson, Leo Chanel had a great game. The, the it clicked for him too. Lucas Nick was on the field for a touchdown. I got one. Yes, we're gonna was. go to we're gonna go to Tucker here in a minute, but I want to get your thoughts on this first, Kent, because this salty bitch named Eli Apple had a tweet that I want to get your reaction on. <laughs> Said refs win the bowl again. I, he came I, out of hibernate. He came out of social media hibernation. Let me uh, let me to tweet that out. He found his, Wi-Fi in Cancun. Let me, uh, get a, <laughs> let me get a screenshot of Nick Sirianni during the national anthem to send to him. That's all I gotta say. Cope, cope like the rest of that the Bengals fans. Cope that bump. I can't believe he did that. James Bradbury. We'll get to the rep. We're gonna bring Tucker in a second. James Bradbury admitted that it was holding. So when Philly Eagles fans get upset, he said, "Yeah, I tugged on him. I was hoping they yeah. wouldn't see it." Yeah, it was a tough situation. This is what every fan base is going to say that's absolutely holding if it's on you. And they're going to say the reverse if they're not. It is by definition that was holding. Just a really tough moment to call that. We're going to get, we're going to talk about the refs in general after this quick word from Tucker. Hey guys, what's going on? Oh, hi, Tuck. Hey, Tuck. Hey, Tuck. Hey, Hey, Chiefs won a Super Bowl, but I. I know the Chiefs had a great day on the field, and I you know, listen. I had a great day off the field as well, thanks to uh, my friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Our friends at DraftKings had all the great Super Bowl action that I needed between props and game lines. Look, we're staring at a uh, at almost a triple digit unit up day. Uh, we're, we're, we're eyeing it down right now. They had some great plays. My octopus bet, huge. Huge gift for me on that one. You guys all laughed at me when I was talking about the octopus, but I, it came through. A uh, good win for, for the hometown team. Uh, the octopus is a good one. And, and if you want these wins, just like I'm getting, you need to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and uh, use code KCSN. You get the best odds on the best app using code KCSN by signing up on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. 
Good day, fellas. It's a good day. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Trying to collect that octopus. Oh. Hey, guys. <laughs> That is a stiff pour of five farms. Hey, can I <laughs> listen? Can I jump in, or do you guys have something you're ready to go to? Because I I've been on here for all. If this is about a quarterback, no, it's about the quarterback of the defense. Because I don't know if anybody's brought Nick Bolton up yet. I don't know if I've heard Nick Craig has much. Okay, maybe I wasn't paying attention. Maybe I was tweeting naturally. Uh, Sirianni, you were, you were yeah. too busy dreaming about Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. That's fine. I, I get just, it. Like, go off on Nick Bolton. That was the best game of his career, and it's not even close. And, like, I just – some of the plays that he made were was just outstanding. Like, he got the scoop and score. The thing that was really impressive to me – like, first off, he was hit. That whole team was hitting. That team's intent was violence today. Like, I just across the board. But the, the, the fake sneak toss – Bolton was running to the sideline before the ball was snapped almost. Like, he was on it. Like – that dude was just having an unbelievable day. Like, that was the best. Like, I, he wasn't a problem in coverage. We didn't really see him. I don't know how much he got tested, really, but I don't remember him in coverage much being problematic. He rallied to the football one play when he was in space, and he slowed him down enough to let, you know, help come rally to him out in the flat. Like, I think there was, like, one, you know, Boston Scott got him once, but, like, outside of that, like, I thought he had a great game, if I'm being honest. So I'll salute to Nick Bolt for some of those big plays that he made and obviously getting the touchdown. Almost had two. So I, he, we just needed to shout him out. No, I thought he was great. I thought the the use of him as the will and letting Leo Chanel play the mic was phenomenal. Yeah. I would love Twins. to actually see the Chiefs spags. I would, mm. yeah, I would love to see them go to that actually in the regular season. Like, is once you get Chanel with more time, like Bolton's still in a position he can make the majority of the calls, especially in base. It's basic from that, so you can just leave Bolton there, and that's where he's going to be at his best. So I thought that change was great. I thought they used him really good early on to play the Jalen Hurts pull and run. So you saw there was actually Hurts pulled a uh, read option early in the game, and Nick Bolton was right there to stop him. That's where the fumble score came from, too. I think that was a QB draw. Bolton was right there. So I think to start the game, he was on fire. I thought the second half or towards the end of the second quarter, the second half, the Eagles did a little bit better job either avoiding him or attacking him a little bit in space, but not... Not bad. Like, I think it was definitely one of his better games of his career, if not the best. I just loved how the Chiefs used him to start the game and put him in this position to be like, hey, you're the Jalen Hurts stopper. And it worked for a while until the Eagles started getting a little bit deeper into their QB run game. Yeah, it it was really impressive the way that he manned things. And, you know, again, 
put this all in perspective, the Eagles were trying to go fast at times. And there were a lot of plays there that were hurry up, that the Eagles were trying to get things going and trying to keep certain Chiefs personnel on the field. Nick had those guys locked in. There weren't a whole lot of guys standing around, you know, asking what to do or anything like that. They were locked in. He's getting the calls in. He's getting things lined up. We hear DJ talk about it all the time. When you're in those hurry-up modes and you're in those sorts of situations, you're not necessarily listening to the mics. You're not necessarily sitting there listening to the coaches. You are taking things into your own hands and you're getting the play call in. You're relying on what you've done. And there were stops out of those hurry-up scenarios, so much so that the Eagles actually went away from that very quickly and started trying to drain the clock a little bit because they realized, oh, crap, okay, when we're going hurry-up, we're not getting the kind of advantageous looks that we're trying to get here. We're not getting some of the things that we want out of this. There wasn't the benefit there, and a lot of that was because Nick Bolton is lining guys up, having them all on the same page. Those are under-the-radar things that happen. Nick Bolton's got a ring, you guys. Nick Bolton has a ring as the Mike linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs. Captain of the defense. Captain of the defense. Nick Bolton, wear that damn ring proud, son. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you're watching, by the way. Appreciate everybody that's hanging out with us. This is a lot of fun celebrating the Kansas City Chiefs winning uh their second Super Bowl in the Patrick LeVon Mahomes era Andy Reid gets his second ring Andy Reid the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs who the Eagles rejected really didn't want anymore we're sick of uh your his legacy's ours now you don't get to talk about him anymore it's ours he's ours he's not yours you're uh, disdained for the Philadelphia uh, Eagles I don't I, just, I don't understand it I don't know I don't it's share it the Painter Man of the Year award they're a little they bitter that. they wanted they to do Andy and they messed up because that the Eagles coach wasn't good enough today either. Andy Reid, the guy they fired, was. Okay. okay. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm I'm not taking that ship with you. I'm not jumping on that train. I have no I don't care. Eagles. I thought they played really good. I thought they did a they really did. good job. They just I'm ran into a better team. I had a team. Oh, and a coach. So, the refereeing in general, it's going to be a big thing, right? Like I'm already on social media. I'm looking at it here. Everyone's going to freak out about the holding penalty on James Bradbury against Juju Smith-Schuster. That. Did it really? I mean, it just ran off extra time, right? And like people were acting like that gave the Chiefs to win. Like, what? The Chiefs were in very comfortable field goal range. Yes, Bucker had missed one from a similar distance earlier in the game, but like they were still in field goal range to go up and, le- and be up uh, winning in the game and stuff. And then this holding penalty happens on third down. When you watch the play, I thought the booth handled it pretty well. Greg Olson immediately was like, eh, I don't like that play. And the only replay they showed you was the holding once Juju Smith-Schuster was trying to come out of his break and kind of run the wheel route. But then they went back and they showed the whole thing after Mike Pereira, who had a rough stretch earlier in the game with an incomplete pass, came back and kind of nailed it. He said, well, there was actually holding twice in this play. And they showed Juju come out of this little whip route, something they have run on third down to him before where they've thrown the ball to him on the whip and let him run to pick up a first down before the wheel part. But James Bradbury clearly grabs him. He completely stops Juju's momentum. You see him breaking away and then stop and have to restart. James Bradbury, as BJ said, mentions it. Like, I get that the call in that moment seems like the refs were trying to take center stage. I understand the sentiment. But if you don't call it, you let somebody blatantly impact a play that was clearly designed for that to happen. Like, the Chiefs very specifically wanted that play and that route and it was going to maybe be open. We don't know because of the hold. Like, I don't know how you don't throw a flag on that particular play. All right, boys, I mean, let's uh, 
Ah, sorry, go, go ahead, Craig. Go ahead. No, yeah. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change it. Do it. All right, it's time for the holiday distillery toast game MVP toast. We all raise our glasses to somebody different in this game that stepped up. I think we know who Kent's gonna take. So um, let's get this going. But first, here's a quick video. Thanks to our friends at Holiday Distillers. Shout out Patrick, this old fam. I know they are celebrating right now. Here's a quick love you, Patrick. Quick video from Holiday. watching this ad and based on the the comments we got earlier we know you are all over not just the united states but all over the country and all over the world uh watching this post game so we appreciate it buddy make sure you hit that like and subscribe but uh wherever you're at raise your glass if you've got the ben holiday bourbon good for you i've got the five farms another holiday distillery favorite guys my toast game post game toast game toast is going to talk about unsung heroes colin saunders his sack and his effort on the play to push him out of bounds, kept it to a one-possession game. It made it a three-point game, which was a six-point game with that field goal on a first-down scramble in which there was a ton of extra space. So I'm raising my glass to Mr. Colin Saunders, stepping up, making the play that he absolutely needed to make uh, to earn that Super Bowl championship trophy. My toast game is Nick Bolton. I know we've been talking about him a lot, but Nick Bolton single-handedly changed the tide of this game on multiple occasions like i said with two offenses clicking the way that they were there's not a whole lot of defensive highlights he was the star of multiple defensive highlights he came up with multiple stops he came up with pressures he came up with great tackles to limit yardage in a game that absolutely every yard mattered nick bolton was phenomenal i am so happy he has a ring and I can't wait to see what he's bringing next year. Toast Nick Bolton. I mean, if you want me to take Patrick LeVon Mahomes, I'll do it. You should. Okay. Um, I'm gonna somebody probably I'm gonna, should. I'm gonna run a few tweets by you here, uh, real so, quick. Yeah. By Nate Taylor. Chiefs scored on every drive in the second half. Patrick Mahomes with the right high ankle high ankle sprain orchestrated yet another postseason comeback. One in which he was almost perfect after halftime. Thirteen of fourteen, ninety-three yards, two touchdowns, a and a 26-yard scramble. Also, Patrick Mahomes in the postseason, 72% completion, 703 passing yards, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, a Super Bowl MVP on a high ankle sprain. Uh, that is toughness embodied. That is the best player of a generation embodied. And now that we're at multiple Super Bowls, the legacy starts. The legacy conversation starts. Michael Jordan is a Kansas City Chief. To Michael Jordan, Patrick LeVon Mahomes, the chief of the uh, the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, following that's going to be tough. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, we spent a lot of time in this game or this year talking about the wide receiver position and what the Chiefs were getting out of it. And at halftime, the Chiefs' leading wide receiver, wide receiver, not tight end, wide receiver, was Justin Watson with two catches for 18 yards. That's who was leading the team. I know the Chiefs didn't have a lot of possessions, but that was it. 
you get to the end of the second half, the Eagles are double teaming Travis Kelsey. Offense is a little hard to come by. Somebody has to step up. And we know that Juju Smith-Schuster's hurt. They, there was multiple tweets, you know, he's kind of limping around out there on the field. He missed a large portion of the Bengals game. That's all right. Second half, six catches, 48 yards, gets the defensive holding penalty that helps, you know, essentially ice the game by running a very good route, a play where he was going to create separation. Like, Juju Smith-Schuster had a hell of a half when somebody had to step up. Somebody had to get open. Somebody had to help make plays when Andy Reid wasn't scheming guys wide open. It was him. There's going to be a lot of conversation this offseason about what to do with him. Do you pay a guy this injured? Do you pay a guy that maybe isn't always a wide receiver one when you need him to be? I don't know. I don't care. The Chiefs got a ring, and a large part of that was Juju Smith-Schuster showing up in the second half when somebody had to. Somebody had to catch balls, and he did it. It's like he earned every every single bit of that ring just in the second half of this game. So shout out to Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy that I think has gone under the radar since his concussion against the Jaguars in the regular season. Salute. Salute. Hey, Salute. go find the picture of Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling hugging in the confetti. It is a great... There's going to be so many of those. There's going to be so many of those moments. Remember all of those. I know I know. I remember pretty much every single one of them from the 2019-2020 season. I mean, you know, I had a very good friend that happened to be there that I was so very happy for. And, I mean... It, it was it was so cool to go back and look at all those pictures, look at all those moments of genuine happiness, players with their kids, players celebrating with each other, all that stuff. Go relish in all of those. Don't don't get jaded by the fact that you got two now in the span of four years. Go live it up and love every bit of it. And this is going to hit me in my feels a little bit because it has nothing. None of these people are watching and they, they'll probably never see this or hear about this, but I want to. Shout out also along those lines to, to all the employees and all the, the front office staff and everybody, the digital media department, all the people I used to work with at the Chiefs. Like, it's sp- such a special moment. I'm so happy for all of them because I know how hard those people work to to do things like the franchise and all the content that we consume from the team. There's so many people behind the scenes that do so many phenomenal things that they put all the time in and they don't necessarily get a lot of the accolades and all those types of things that all the players do, but they put so much time and effort into it that I'm so happy that a lot of my friends and a lot of people I spend a lot of time with are celebrating right now with their loved ones down in Phoenix. I am so happy for them. Uh, it's going to be a phenomenal night uh, for them. And it's going to be a phenomenal parade for the Chiefs, I believe, on Wednesday or whenever that gets announced. I think that's what Mayor Quentin Lucas put out there. I'm sure that information will come out in case CSN will be down there covering it in some way. But, guys, before we get to the field conditions, because I don't want to wrap this show up and not talk about it because it's going to be another storyline that comes out, um, I want to do another quick honorable mention because one player that we haven't mentioned that uh, I thought at least a handful of times really stood out is Josh Williams. His yeah. physicality yep. and ability to tackle on the outside was going to be paramount uh, in this game with the running game and all things. And there were a handful of times, one of them were really early in the game and one of the first couple of drives where I was like, that's a phenomenal play by Josh Williams to to bring down, uh, I don't know if it was Miles Sanders or Gainwell on the play, but. Uh, shout out to Josh Williams, a little mini toast. It's just another excuse to take a drink, to be honest with you. So, yeah. Shout out to, to Josh Williams. Throw Jalen Watson's name in there, too, because Both he of them. Oh, yeah. sniffed out a screen. Uh, mm-hmm. He was physical. He made some really good tackles as well, and I don't really remember him in coverage much, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I think he had an outstanding game as well. I'm also super happy we're doing the double round thing again, so this is perfect, and I'm not going <laughs> to get one up. Um, Carlos Dunlap, I'm glad he got a ring. Yet again, 
fantastic. The Eagles tried early on to hit a little, I think it was a little play action or something or a read to his side, and he said, nope, not happening. And that was him all year. Not the flashiest player, especially at this point in time in his career, but like, good luck finding a more solid, dependable defensive end than Carlos Dunlap. You're going to get... You're going to get pass rush presence, and you're going to get a guy that's never going to get beat by misdirections. Like, I'm glad he got a ring with the Chiefs. He deserved one after his career playing with the Fraudicals for all that time. I'm like, and, <laughs> and I'm going to follow the— Discount uh, Cleveland. Discount Cleveland, it, as Kent. Swan. We're going to keep going around and giving flowers like we did. Not fine. <laughs> Chris Jones just insured his Hall of Fame bid today. He absolutely did. He's got the stats. He's got the resume. He was probably going to be all-decade team for this decade. I know it's very fresh in here, but find me another defensive tackle that's had the impact that he has had so far and probably will for the next couple of years. He's probably all-decade team. He's got the all-pro votes now. He's been so good. Coming in third for Defensive Player of the Year as an interior defensive lineman, is hard to do. I know Aaron Donald casts a long shadow, but you know what else casts a long shadow? Two rings. He was good today. They did. They there was such a focus by the Eagles to take him away, and he still had a an impact on the game. So I'm so happy for Chris Jones. I I really do truly believe that this performance and this postseason has cemented his legacy as a Hall of Fame player. So toast to him. Uh, just a great job. We've got a couple more we want to keep toasting. Anybody else? Yeah, Kid Look, I think Chanel did an outstanding job today, too. Like, just the guy that you don't like. Andy, we talked about unsung heroes, right? Well, and I'm not saying Leo Chanel's impact was unsung hero level, but what he was is a guy that made some big plays when he really hadn't seen a lot of snaps. I think I saw someone say he had five snaps against the Cincinnati Bengals. He played in a bigger role, he was involved and active in some big plays throughout the game. Even the catch. The I was it Dallas Goddard that made that catch over. Yeah. That was Goddard perfect yeah. coverage. Oh yeah, like I, like I'm trying not to look at like you know like the big picture level of this is like this rookie class just got invaluable experience that's going to give them confidence heading into next year. And it wasn't just the guys that we've been talking about for the last three months. It was also Leo <laughs> Chanel too. Like literally, like the whole class just making big plays and having great games. So like I Leo Chanel an unsung hero for me. So salute to him. We haven't. On this segment, uh, cheers, uh, Kadarius Tony. Either best train of the year. longest, <laughs> yeah, of the year. I have another one. Easily, how we much? All, how much have we talked about Travis Kelsey? The <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this year. Great subscribe, and I tried to say go away. The over the shoulder catch to start the game, like oh, he was on a heater, and like they they slowed him down a little bit in the second half, but not. You know, like they slowed down a little bit and other guys stepped up. Juju stepped up. The running game stepped up. But like Travis Kelsey kept a minute. And now he's got bragging rights over his brother. Two rings. Oh, forever. I just love it. I can't wait for that podcast. I do. That's gut-wrenching for Jason, man. I feel like, does he want to, you know, well, we don't really have a spot for him. So, you know. We're shouting guys out. Willie Gay. uh, He was everywhere. Missed a couple tackles, but he was everywhere, right? Like there's. There is a spot in an NFL team for a guy that just flies around the field, and I feel like the Chiefs have that in Willie Gay, and it matters. It does stuff. It does stuff to the opposing team. And, and you know what? And it, we we talked about it multiple times in a segment. We have that the entire offensive line. You should stand up on the on a podium and take a bow because again, we heard all week about how good this Eagles pass rush was. I, did they have a pass rush? Yeah. 
Did yeah. they? No, I mean, it wasn't very good. But yeah. I didn't see it. <laughs> I got one more. And I got I'm done toasting. I got two more. So Okay. Good. I'm, I'm going to do this oh, one. I got a good one, too. It, I saw it in the <laughs> chat here. This one is from Jacob here saying, Toast Brett V. Well, that's a good I mean, that's a good one. what? They make a beer the past couple off seasons. I mean, they, he made a lot of moves that at the time, hey, guess what? Hey, Maddie, that's that's a third thing, by the way, as it turns out. Brett Veach, better GM than <laughs> that. We we talked about how Galco was a little bit better running an all star game. Andy Reid's a better coach. You know, anyway, Brett Veach does a great job. I mean, all of those moves that he made this offseason were clearly with the future in mind here. And the Chiefs go out, do a great job, make a midseason trade of Kadarius Tony, add Carlos Dunlap. Both of those guys were huge players for this team that were late additions to the roster, kind of rounded out there. Brett Veach is on a heater right now. I am very curious to see what he does with the draft in Kansas City. Don't draft a running back. Speaking of draft, guys, guys, we've got draft content coming out this week, oh, so we'll pivot quickly finally. to the offseason. Maddie's been working about this Loose for a while. Up now. But two more. One, uh, Andy Heck. I'm going to shout out. We can talk about the entire offensive line. We can shout them all individually. His performance, the the coaching staff's performance of you know guys we only talk about when they're struggling for the most part, unless they're going out and just being absolutely dominant. Uh, Andy Heck had those guys ready to play. They protected Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they did everything they needed to do for the Chiefs' offensive line to, I don't say outplay, but you look at the stats, didn't give up a sack. Chiefs had two, according to at least ESPN that I'm looking at. They gave one to Leo Chanel as well as Colin Saunders, but um, Toasty. Zero yarder, maybe? Andy Heck. And then uh, the other one is a serious one. I saw this in the chat. I don't, it, chat's going so quickly, I didn't know who to give it credit to. Uh, but he said, Toast the Lenny. And to the late, great Len Dawson. Chiefs legend, Mount Rushmore of Chiefs legends, uh, put his number and talked about him all throughout the year. So raising our glass to Lenny. I'm sure he had a great view. He was enjoying the hell out of that one. I have Love the one more. And Love this the is it for me. Lenny. <laughs> yes, this is the it for me. Harrison Butker and Tommy Townsend, back-to-back games, beating the fraud goals, winning the Super Bowl with the game-winning kick. I, you know, I feel like this is a little bit of low-hanging fruit. We didn't get here, but like, that that t- that kick, both those kicks take some stones. They made them right down the middle. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Bucker. Shout out to Tommy Townsend. Shout out to Dave Tobe. Hey, James Winchester. There. Winchester. Figure, yeah. Winchester. Yeah, Winchester. Everybody. Special team. By the unit, way, you know, Marcus Kemp, hell of a blocker on the Kadarius Tony return. Yeah. Just saying. There we go. Out of the way, punch though. You know what? <laughs> I got another one. I just remembered that I saw it on Let's Facebook. Go. I don't know if it's public. I haven't seen any of the B writers talk about it. But I saw it on social media, um, on on Facebook, an article um, from a Louisiana newspaper. Uh, but Barry Rubin, uh, the longtime strength and conditioning coach for the Chiefs, is retiring, and this was his last game. He was basically being given his flowers on Facebook, talking about it um, on his personal account. His wife was talking about it. Again, haven't seen it, but Barry Rubin, absolute legend, guy who played college football at Northwestern State with Joe Delaney. I've talked with Barry about that. He's one of the best people that you will ever meet. He's been one of those guys behind the scenes, getting the guys, all the strength training, all the conditioning, setting all the programs up for the guys. One of those behind-the-scenes guys that's uh, paramount to the success that the team has had and just a phenomenal human being going out as a champion. So I'm raising my glass to Mr. Barry Rubin. You know what's going to be fun, boys? 
celebrating picking thirty first about this game. Celebrating the Chiefs Super Bowl draft season in Kansas City during the NFL draft. That moment when the Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, make their pick in world the first champions. round. World champions. That is the world champion, Kansas City. Three times. We're not going to list this. We're not going to announce all of the details right now, but I can just tell you that if you're watching this and you appreciate our content, you followed us at draft season last year, we go hard for draft season. We will have highlights. We will build out these live shows, and we will be at a very prominent area of Kansas City streaming live for the entire draft. Got the whole thing sponsored. We're going to have some fun with this, boys. And, uh, I will leave it right there. Now, I want to pivot a little bit. drops. I do want to pivot this a little bit and talk about the playing field conditions because it is going to be something that is discussed because for both teams, and I saw a tweet here from uh, Jordan. I'm going to butcher his last. Malata? No, do it. Maliata. Maliata. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. Craig agreed with me. That's wrong. It's <laughs> wrong. No, the, Go ahead. the guard. Okay. The big guard. Uh, said that the field was a tweet from Jimmy Kemp, Kemsky, uh covers the Eagles, said that Jordan Milata said the team was terrible, or the field was terrible. He was sure to point it out that it was terrible for both teams. Uh-huh. And Eagles Chiefs players were talking with each other during TV timeouts about how bad it was. He said yeah. it was like playing on a water park. It, it was awful. It was Insane. tough to watch because it was affecting, again, it was affecting both sides evenly. They all had to deal with it but everybody's falling and you can blatantly see it's right over the logos that stretched everywhere. I was, that's a giant freaking shield that the NFL is probably like, you know what? More people are talking about it and showing it shows off our brand more, but embarrassingly bad. Every cheese possession by those LVII logos. I was just nervous. I was waiting like, like a bad snap, like having Holmes having to change directions, like the Bengals game, like everything. Like I was just stressed every time they were on those logos. Like it was, it was awful. Like, I, it, yeah, it wasn't just the logos. No, it wasn't just the logos though. The grass was terrible across the board. It's because it's an experimental grass that's never been used on a football field before. It it's Bermuda thirty one according to ESPN. It's been like in testing for a decade or something like that. It's some kind of new blend for golf or something like that but it's just it's terrible it uses quote-unquote 10 percent less water is what the espn article said but this was the first time it was used in a football game and it was bad yes the logos and the painted sections were worse but if you go back and watch i i don't know the eagles kicker's name but when he went to take a kickoff his foot just slid entirely right out from under him on a non-painted piece like it the grass was bad and yeah it they said it looked like a water or felt like a water park nobody got injured so I guess it's just super slippery. Uh, if we're giving it a little bit of it did its job, nobody got hurt, but it was bad. Like it was just, it was a terrible field and I don't know what the issue with that grass was. And that's going to, I don't know if it'll taint the game, but it was a terrible decision to try that out for this. I mean, and the this is the same location. It wasn't the same field, but the same location that Harrison Butker and Trent McDuffie got hurt on in week one of this year. NFL's got to do something about this. Like, it, it really does. Now, granted, this was an epic game. It was really fun. I know that, you know, most of the casuals, neutrals, that didn't have a team in this fight were going to say that this was a really fun game to watch. Imagine how much fun it would have been if everybody could have had their footing in this game and it just wasn't there. Like, 
there has to be a standard of some kind that the NFL comes up with to try and make sure that teams take care of their grass properly, don't play on turf. You know, it, it's a, if it's about player safety and about making the best performance possible, you can't continue to play games on these types of fields. It's just, it's just awful. Really is. Garbage. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching. Appreciate it. Cincinnati hanging out with us. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I can't believe we're doing this again. I get, I, I'm just so excited. I can't tell you how excited I am that we were getting to do this together at KC Sports Network. This is our first Super Bowl together. We didn't get to do this last year, and we finally get to do this together. So that was pretty awesome. Doesn't suck. Win more <laughs> rings. Rings are nice. fun. <laughs> the first time I've been upset that we're recording at 1130 at night. <laughs> it's normally like way past bedtime for you, Maddie. All right, let's put... Yeah, let's this, put... this is great. People complained about the start time. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? This is fantastic. This is earlier than like a third of the Chiefs games. Yeah, this is better. I'm more in like... I'm still like shocked. It's yeah. hard to like fathom like tomorrow and like we'll really get into stuff and start like going back and rewatching mm-hmm. and stuff. But this moment, all I can think about is all of the shit that was talked by everyone all season long about this team and then people saying that we were making up that people were doubting us and then you saw fucking everyone pick the eagles in this game all of the national media i don't know if i saw yeah. more than one or two people at any one platform it was all 70 80 mm. percent eagles even maybe higher than that uh that might be generous uh with the people that believe the chiefs could win this game yep guys i have breaking news the nfl yeah. just picked the chargers to win the afc bus <laughs> two weeks ago <laughs> this is great and like i think you said we were going to like one last thing my one last thing is like this is this is phenomenal this is great it's surreal and i think it'll really settle in in the next couple of days right now as this game played out and now as we're talking about it through the end the one thing that's sticking with me and god this is bad this is really bad i was I was happier beating the brakes off of the Cincinnati Frogals <laughs> than I think I am winning the Super Bowl for right now. And that's bad. It shouldn't be that way. But just to have the Bengals lose two of the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead was just, it, that was probably the best feeling of the year for me. It helped that we were all together in person and not virtually. I think that played a big role in it at the Blue Wire studio there at the win in Las Vegas, which was great. But just, that's going to stick with me, I think, throughout the year a lot longer than the Super Bowl will. And like that, and I don't know if that's a bad thing, a good thing, or what, but I just think, you know, this whole run has this kind of blended together now. And that part's what's really going to stick with me is just getting the fraud goals win out of the way first. It's made the Super Bowl just feel like a cherry on top the entire the entire two weeks for me, as I said to these guys multiple times throughout these couple these two weeks. And I with you in a lot of ways, this would have been devastating if they had one, though, just because I mean, first off three Super Bowls. We know how hard it is to get to Super Bowl. Maybe we don't know how hard it is to get to Super Bowls because the Chiefs have been to three of the last four. I don't know. But I, it's just like we've seen if, if the Chiefs had lost this one, we would have had a bunch of really stupid narratives about Patrick Mahomes and his legacy because he's had to play the last two Super Bowls, one without an offensive line on turf toe, and then this time with a high ankle sprain where he was almost perfect for three straight games. Like, I don't know. It's just, I, I'm, I'm just relieved. Like there's a lot of relief and now we can kind of move on to chasing a legacy in a big, big way, chasing Tom in a different way. You know, I, I think this cements his opportunity to do that because he's done, he's done more. He's done as much as 
he's packed a Peyton Manning career in five years. And so, <laughs> all right, let's see what happens now. No, I know I'm not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. He's better than Troy Aikman. He's better than John Elway. He's better than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, well, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers won a lot of his his, his Super Bowls uh, are handed out the night before the Super Bowl. So, um, he's. I mean, he's he's climbing. He's climbing high now. And now you think we were insufferable back then? We got multiple rings now here in Kansas City to talk about. So watch, watch us now. He's Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's a Kansas City Chief, and you're you all are gonna have to deal with it for the next decade. Craig, final thoughts. My final thoughts are: rings are nice. <laughs> uh, this is fun. Let's do this more. Like I, I, it is incredible to go through 2012. Let's just call it. It's incredible to go through 2012 and everything leading up to that moment as a Chiefs fan and then to spin it around, get Andy Reid on this roster, then wait for a little while longer, have some success, wait for a little while longer, get Patrick Mahomes on this roster and just basically run the NFL. And that's what the Chiefs are doing right now. Like the worst the Chiefs had never lost anything less than the AFC championship game in overtime nevertheless you not you you have to wait until overtime to get the best of them unless it's a super bowl this is it is a dynasty i know patrick mahomes i don't want to call it it yet but it is one we're living in it and the chiefs in a rebuilding year have a ring good that's <laughs> and I will wrap it up because we'll have plenty more content. So make sure you hit the like and subscribe if you're listening on the podcast. Go ahead and follow us because we'll have plenty of content, getting reactions from people who are at the stadium right now. We'll have a lot of shows throughout the week recapping this. And again, we will get right into draft content. <laughs> Starting this Let's week, go. we will we will pivot right into it. Yes, I've got this on my middle finger for a very good reason. Uh, but the other thing I will say is, you know, we spent, I spent a lot of time, and I think we all kind of have a different in different ways, uh, telling fans like to enjoy this moment and embrace all of this. And, you know, as we have all this success, don't become like Patriots fans. Don't become this just entitled, just expecting to get there and just being upset if they don't dominate every single week. You know, you're going to have ups and downs throughout the year. There were times this year where everybody wanted everybody fired and we weren't good enough to do this. Special teams is going to hold us back. All these different things. But they have the championship pedigree. They have the best player to ever play the game. And one thing I will say as far as people on the outside talking about the refs and just handling the Eli Apple and all this, telling Chiefs fans that lived through the longest losing, or the most consecutive losses in playoff history for any team in the league that had some brutal calls against them. You're not going to get any sympathy from us. But at this point, Chiefs fans, embrace the fact that we are now the villains and that's how everybody's going to keep coming after us. We thought it was bad now. It's not like everybody's going to keep crowning this guy. They're going to crown the next guy. They're going to pick somebody else to win the division. Sean Payton uh, is already talking all kinds of crap. There's going to be all kinds of different things that are going to annoy us. So before we get to that, enjoy this moment and just embrace the fact that we are the bad guys now that everybody wants to see fall and they're the best player to ever play the game and he's 27 years old. So enjoy that. We appreciate everybody for hanging out. Hopefully you had memorable experience with family, friends, loved ones. Uh, enjoy the rest of this week. If you're coming out to the to the parade, 
Um, enjoy the hell out of that because that's going to be a memorable experience. And as somebody that could speak a little bit to this, the parade was such a more special experience because you're doing it with everybody who'd been supporting you. You're doing it with Chiefs Kingdom. Everybody can be there at the parade. Um, so if you can head out to that, enjoy the hell out of that. I will quit rambling. We appreciate everybody for hanging out. Uh, for Tucker Franklin producing this thing, for Craig Stout, Kent Swanson, Maddie Lane, I'm BJ Kissel. We appreciate your support. We'll have more content breaking this one down and uh, showing love to everybody that helped get this thing done. Appreciate all of you. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.